Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. From 1800 and something to 2020, here we are. Sutel Nuanas, hour number two. Just keep ticking them off one second, one minute, one hour at a time, and the next thing you know, it's a whole new century. What a thing. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are very happy to be with you on this Thursday at Gus Tutel at 129 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. If you missed anything in the first hour, including the best exodus from any hour in the history of this show, go listen on the podcast. Tutel who on his podcast is so mad, so bitter of me right now. It's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. You can uh, check it out on Google, Apple, Spotify, etc. The podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you would like to listen live, you go on the World Wide Web. You listen on our website, 1029ESPN.com. You stream the show anytime you would like it. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to call us, 361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankings Brothers RV phone line. Coulter, do you want to do some NFL stuff, or do you want to talk about Connie? Well, I'd like to finish my point about Connie Mack. A reverence for history, if we more, had a stronger appreciation for it, would mean that the plague of ignorance that is the going to be the fall of our society would not be so severe as it is right now. You told me that more of our listeners care about Connie Mack than care about Macklemore, and that is just objectively false. Dude, None of our listeners know who either one of them are, so I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you why Macklemore is significantly less important than Connie well, Mack. Well, hey, important sports and fans, knowledge and what care are about two different here things. For? They don't, no one cares about anything besides ranking 
legacies which come from statistics. That's totally false. I I just don't care about any of that at all. I love sports. I know you should care about this though because it's just funny. It's good for you to know. Tell Connie me. Connie Mack was a major league baseball manager for 54 years including coaching the Philadelphia Athletics for 50 consecutive seasons. He won 3731 games, lost 3948 games. Think well, of under think, 500 think, for think his of, career. Think, think of this though. <laughs> think of this though. This dude, this dude Lost more games than any other manager in Major League Baseball history except two have ever even coached. To consider that. That's a lot. That the guy, the guy, the guy coached for this because this answers my trivia question. Okay. Though. Was there ever been a baseball manager that was elected to the Hall of Fame? There has never been a baseball manager that retired, was elected to the Hall of Fame, and then came out of retirement. There's one baseball manager who was elected to the Hall of Fame in the middle of his career. Connie Mack was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1937 and was the manager for 14 more seasons. Pretty good. It's amazing that you could lose more than you won and still have five, count them, five World Series rings in three different decades. Connie Mack, what a legend. Love this man. What did he start? 18 what? 1894. <laughs> to 1950. Do you know what the head of the United States Patent Office said in 1897? What did they say? And I quote, everything that can be invented has been invented, end quote. It's time for some NFL picks against the spread. Coulter, it is opening <laughs> night here, Thursday night football, and it is a true barn burner, and I mean it. You probably have more fun setting your barn on fire and just watching it. It will be quite the display. Please, no harm to any animals or valuable property. I'm just saying if you know you need a shed to go away, sometimes that's the fun way to do it. If you got nothing else going on, you can watch the Atlanta Falcons find a brand new ways to self-impose a loss to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers opened as a three-point favorite. They're now a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Notably, Christian McCaffrey will not be back in this game or not returning yet thought there was a chance he might play he will not be playing tonight so there you have it carolina and atlanta do you care at all about this game well i do because i i actually like the way that the panthers operate the panthers show a great uh the the panthers run a system that is perfect if you have a quarterback who you don't expect you to win a game it's the system that the Vikings used to run when they had Teddy Bridgewater. It's the system. I wish the Vikings still ran. Now they have a quarterback worse than Teddy Bridgewater. But I, 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 I like the way Carolina plays. I was so, 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 so skeptical of Matt Rule coming into this year. And he has done a really good job. He has. Uh, and the reason I say he's done a really good job is so often that new coaches, the Sean McVay's of the world, Matt Nagy's of the world, they even, got their even Matt LaFleur's, they have this whole, they have a script that can last for like two months mm-hmm. before people figure it out. They're not using smoke and mirrors in Carolina. They're just playing solid football. They're just keeping it close and trying to get into uh, late-game situations. Who's the better quarterback in this game? I love Teddy Two Gloves, so I'm saying Teddy Two Gloves. Since Teddy Bridgewater came back, I have not seen him play as a starter, period. Not one time since his injury. Right. And I know for a fact he's the better quarterback in this matchup. You know how I know? Because you hate Matt Ryan. Because I have seen Matt Ryan play quarterback. And I know for sure that the the the, the race that is the, the least impressive quarterback between he and Kirk Cousins is a very close race. So I... It's not. It is so very close. Uh, I'm all over the path. I give... Now, I should say this. I mean, I feel... 
they get up here and bust people, you know, they can't defend themselves and stuff. It's hyperbolic, okay? It's a little melodrama about Matt Ryan for the sake of effect. I don't think he's that bad. I just don't think he's that good. Uh, okay, Coulter, what other games intrigue you on here? I think one game that I'm very, very interested in is Vegas and Cleveland for obvious reasons. It's the Raiders, it's Chucky, and it's the Cleveland Browns, which I could almost say my Cleveland Browns. I mean, I love the Cleveland Browns. They are 5-2. and two. They've played two good teams, and they've gotten their doors absolutely blown off by those two good teams. They've played four bad teams and whatever Indianapolis is, and I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know if we're going to. I don't know if we're going to either. They've won all five of those games against those bad teams and barely. However, Baker Mayfield, hello, is your AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Coulter. How do you like that? Number one overall pick going 22-23 for his last 23 attempts in a game-winning game throwing to Donovan Peoples-Jones game-winning touchdown scenario. So good for him against a hapless Bengals team. They squeak by it. These two teams look like the same team to me, man. I think there's so much similarity between the Raiders and the Browns right now on the field. I don't think that the Browns' injuries are being taken into enough of an account. I get that Odell Beckham is a enigmatic figure. Mm-hmm. He's going to garner headlines no matter what. He's a also going to garner defensive attention. Exactly. Yes. Because he is a pain in the butt, I think people forget that he's still really damn good. Yeah, he is. And so not having him, I think it removes a huge element of their offense because – it's a mechanism-based offense, and Jarvis Landry, he is a very specific mechanism. He's fine, but without a guy to take the top off, he's very average. Yeah, but this Higgs, Higgins guy, uh, who I, I don't even know who this guy is, all of a sudden shows up, he starts performing. I don't know if Donovan Peoples-Jones is a flash in the pan. Obviously, he's the best wide receiver of Michigan the last season and a half, uh, but they still even, and, and they also you know are missing Nick Chubb, uh, which is significant, but they have Kareem Hunt, who is, you know, every bit is good to me. I mean, it's obviously better to have two than one, but I think Kareem Hunt is just about as good as it gets from a talent standpoint. I want to see Cleveland better defensively, though. They got the personnel. They have a guy who's in the conversation for defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett right now. Denzel Ward in the safety kind of rover position back there, yeah. who's a great, great player, but they, they have broken down a lot, and I don't know if they have great high-end talent, but really bad sort of other guy, you know, what's going on there. But they have to be better. They have to be better defensively. You know, they just have to be. Who do you like in this game? Well, they're not going to be better defensively against the Raiders because I think that John Gruden's doing some of the most innovative stuff. I shouldn't say innovative stuff. The most aggressive stuff. Mm. What what the Raiders' offense does better than anybody in the league is what I think so many teams should do, and they don't do it, and I don't know why. They press the seam. It is in vogue to line up some of these really athletic tight ends in the slot. But so often, when Travis Kelsey lands up in the slot, he's running an option route. Darren Waller's just running a... He's just running Straight a go. Straight seam go, yeah. Of course, hit me, touch me. That's what he's saying. Show me another tight end who can run like Darren Waller. Ain't he's that. A, that's the thing, is... is He's almost miscast as a tight end. Yeah. He, he's just a big receiver. He's, he's they phenomenal. only play him as a tight end about uh, one-fourth of the snaps. He yeah. mostly plays wing or slot. And Browns two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I got the Raiders. Okay. Uh, 
a lot of people are interested in this because it is obviously the debut as a starter of Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. The Rams, a three-point favorite at South Beach. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Pull the pull the curtains back, let Tua start. And who's on the other side of that thing? Number 99. Nothing to do with Aaron Donald. I want nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins now that they benched me as their quarterback. Terrible. How is Miami's offensive line? That's one thing I have not got an adequate evaluation on. If you don't know, it means they're okay because you'll know if they're that, great isn't that and you'll the know truth? if they're bad. Man, isn't that so true? What you just said is absolutely true. <laughs> That's right. Because the the most obvious thing to see is, I mean, like the Chargers offensive line, woof. The Bengals, my God. Joe Burrow's going to die. <laughs> what are we doing, you know? But, like, you're right. If you don't know, it's that means they're okay. That's right. Like, when you watch the Packers, like, wow, good. Niners, great. You know, uh, Colts, good. Speaking of, that, I, uh, we kind of skipped over the Indianapolis game real quick. I don't want to analyze the Indianapolis yeah. to trick game. I think it's the biggest toss-up on the board. I actually think it's crazy because when you really look at the schedule and you look at how bad the Vikings have struggled – and you really read into how bad the Bears could and should be, the Lions actually might be a dark horse playoff contender. It's not out of the question. It isn't out of the question. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorite there. But I, I just want to mention this. Read an article on The Athletic last night. You and I both agree on the Colts about as much as any other team in the league yeah. in terms of what we think they're good at, what we think they should be, and what they're not. They're just missing something that, sh- I mean, they should be good. I mean, they should be the best team in their division and one of the four or five best teams in the AFC. Yeah, well, I don't know if they should be better than the Titans, but they certainly okay. should be. Yeah, but, but, I mean, let's, right talk, let's talk about their elements. I know Marlon Mack was out, but they have a guy that could and probably will be an absolutely elite running back at Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. They have great players on the outside, including T.Y. Hilton. Though they've been, they've, they've been a little banged up. Injuries, sure, yeah. but they're really good up front defensively. DeForest Buckner is one of the best interior guys in the league. Justin Houston still got some juice. Darius Leonard's one of the best linebackers in the league. They have good safeties. They have great corners. They're built to win right now. And they've been, they've looked clunky. Yes, they have. So much of it, in our opinion, has been Phillip Rivers changing plays at the line, running the, you know, hurry-up type style that he's always played, and it's demeaning. It's taken away from their run game. And it's taken away from the style that they should play. They don't play really a ball control style. They've been getting into these shootouts not emphasizing their defense. This article I read on The Athletic was all about how Frank Reich went to Colts management, Colts, Colts ownership, and said, we have to go get Phillip Rivers. I will put my neck out for Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is the guy that's going to take us to a Super Bowl. That's never been talked about in the public. Mm. So we have been talking about why doesn't Frank Reich just put his foot down and say this is the style we're going to play. Well, Frank Reich's got a ton of skin in the game to have Phillip Rivers be the guy because he basically said, hey, Jacoby Brissett ain't good enough for me. This is my guy, and this this guy has not been what they need. To me, if they're playing Jacoby Brissett, I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is in any form or fashion better than Phillip Rivers, but he allowed, would allow them to play a style that would be more conducive to the personnel that they have in place. The thing that I don't understand is, I mean – the guy, the GMs that are watching this stuff, they they know football inside and out. You know, they 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 get that, and and the ownership, they're paying very close attention as well. But at the end of the day, if you go and you say, "I need this guy to win games," and then you win games, it sort of doesn't matter how, right? And you know, with with that as a backdrop, it's you know, I guess it's understandable at some level where Frank Wright goes, you know, if we get this guy who I trust and I know, and Frank Wright, he's a quarterback, man. He knows, right? He he's, sure. he knows how, how sure. good, what, what it is that Phil is great sure, at sure. and what he does and, well. And they are four and two. 
But you got to say, hey, hey, Frank, let Phil be Phil on the downs that he throws and let your team be the best at what it's the best at. And how much better is Phillip Rivers going to be? Exactly. When 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 there are seven, eight, nine in the box. You know, I, I don't know. This this is this actually fortifies the number one point Sean Rainey has been screaming about on the Make It Rainey podcast. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's available right now. Ryan Great and I podcast joined, Ryan and I break down every game picks against the spread at an even more uh deep level than we are right now. Mm-hmm. But Sean's basic premise has been the NFL shifted to the point where if you aren't mobile in the pocket, you're just dead man walking as a quarterback. We've seen that in the evolution of play action rollouts. The the just the straight up Peyton Manning play action where then you you continue to take your step and step drop and then you step up into the pocket. The blocking schemes and things like that and the pressures the defenses bring, it's not really that conducive to it. Most often when you're running play action, you're running out of the gun. So then you're just taking a run pass option and just throwing the the quick one. Or almost every single one of the elite quarterbacks in the league now they can roll out. They can get to the edge. Philip Rivers can't. No, he cannot. And that I think that's what makes him look clunky, too, is I just don't think that he can really do what modern-day football uh, wants him to. That said, though, I mean, they are 4-2, and two, so it's not as if that's the right. ship's sinking. They're doing okay. And they're going to be 5-2 and because as much as Detroit might be a dark horse, they're still Detroit. Let's talk about the Tutel Nuanas Bowl, the Green Bay Packers, and the I am so hapless Minnesota Vikings. I am so close to disassociating myself and just going into the mode I'm in in every other sport. No team. Oh, I will never, ever let that happen. Uh, Here's the thing that's kept me a Vikings fan through all the years, though. I fell in love with the Vikings because our family friends that my parents grew up with, they used to own the Vikings. And then my we called my uncle, told me stories about Fran Tarkenton. And, you know, then I started reading about the Purple People Eaters. These guys are so cool. And then, bam. My favorite player, my first favorite player was John Randall. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a little kid in Missoula, Montana, and the Grizzlies are the greatest team that ever played. And then some superhero goes for 500 yards and 10 touchdowns in the national championship game to beat the Grizzlies. Who's that guy? Oh, he's the greatest receiver I've ever seen. Oh, he gets drafted by the Vikings. Oh, who's my favorite college football player of the last 20 years? Adrian Peterson. Oh, he gets drafted by the Vikings. We're running out of dudes, though. If they Thank God they re-signed Dalvin Cook, because if they didn't, that's it for me. They don't have any players I like. It's for the name on the front, not the name on the back. This is professional sports. This is you professional sports in 2020. Stop dude. with that. The Packers are seven point favorites. You and I both got Green Bay Hammer in Minnesota in this game. Yep. And then I can change to being the Niners fan. Do I owe you 20 bucks? You do from the first Green Bay Minnesota matchup. Right. Because I was confident in yes, that. Yes, you one. were. Uh, well, I don't know. You want to go double or nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is how addicted I am to gambling. Stop with this, man. The Bills and Patriots. How about this? The Buffalo Bills, three and a half point favorites over New England. And you know what? They're low on this number. The Patriots are straight up bad, my friends. Edelman's out. Had a knee procedure. You know, I'm not going to. I am going to do it. What What do I care? I have no idea what Julian Edelman's knee issue is. It was significant enough to have a procedure. Sometimes knee procedures can be done at the ends of seasons. Sometimes when seasons are going poorly, right, they have them done during the season. Uh, okay, I feel bad for Edelman, though, only because he is a, a great competitor, a great character, and he's been a great figure for that franchise. And all his friends, all his homies, they left him high and dry. He doesn't got any of the homies left. 
you bite your tongue and you take back every word that just came out your mouth. Feel bad for Julian Edelman. <laughs> How many rings he got? Right. You oh. looked at this guy? Have say, you he's, seen he's, this guy with his shirt off? Yeah, 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 feel yeah, bad yeah, for yeah. Julian Edelman a day in my life. Feel bad for me. Okay, the Chiefs are a 19-and-a-half-point favorite over the Jets. How about this? The last 10 times, I didn't even know it had happened 10 times, that the team was a 19-point favorite or better. The underdog covered. Mm. In fact, in one instance, I don't know what it was. The underdog straight out won the football game. The Jets and the Chiefs, man. Well, I said this on the Make It Rainy. I, I actually think that the, the line makers are trolling New, New Yorkers York. now. Yes. They're opening the week with just outrageous lines so that New Yorkers are hammer with the Jets because it's the only way they can get this large population base to bet on the Jets. <laughs> because, I mean, we saw the line move from 13.5 to 9.5 last week, and then the Jets covered. They lost. Yeah, so opened covered. at 21. Now it's down to 19.5. And, and I bet you it gets down. To, I mean, it's not going to be 19.5. Like, Right? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. I don't even know I picked this game. This is the game of the weekend. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Can't wait for this football game. The Ravens, now I'm, I'm surprised at this. They opened at five and a half point favorites over Tennessee. It's going to be over Pittsburgh, who, you know, obviously is undefeated, just beat Tennessee. And uh, now that line has moved in the direction of the Steelers, but still the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. You know what, Coulter? What's up? I like the Ravens in this spot. I really do. do. And to cover or to win? Well, I mean, uh, to win, I mean, it, if I say to cover, it implies a win because they're favored. But, I, I mean, you know, if we're going to do against spread, sure, give me give me a four-point victory. Give me a 28-24 win for the Ravens. We love the Pittsburgh defense. We love the Ravens defense. Both of these, you know, we got the old guard and the new guard, both in terms of the personnel but also the how of the quarterback position. You have a lot more faith in Ben Roethlisberger, it seems to me, than you do in Lamar Jackson just because Lamar is so electric but also has been – his productivity is not nearly as consistent because what he does so well is is sort of dependent, I guess, in a certain way as a quarterback. But coming out of a bye and the Steelers coming out of a, a very, very tough – a great they're playing back-to-back games of the week against the Titans last week and now against their, their division rivals – and I think that the Ravens understand that, you know, they haven't played their best football. They haven't run the football nearly like they, they did a year ago. And they got to figure something out uh, right here. And this is the team This is the team to beat in their division, okay? That's nice, you know, great story about the Cleveland Browns, but don't kid yourself. This is the team to beat. Both these teams have beat the pants off the Cleveland Browns. So they are in their absolute rearview dust in terms of anything having to do with the AFC North. So this is it. There's two games for the division, this one and then the next one between these two teams. And I think the Ravens coming out of a bye need it more. And I think that matters in a game like this where they're, you know it's always a, a very physical affair, these two teams. For sure. I just think it's the worst matchup for the Ravens in terms of when they're on offense. The Ravens need to run the ball. They also need to get Lamar Jackson out on the edge. But I think that there's three different factors that make the Pittsburgh defense the number one defense to slow down the Ravens' offense. One, I think that the Steelers have the 
the the set of the three best defensive linemen in the league when you combine T.J. Watt, Stephon Pruitt, and um, Cameron Hayward. Then you talk about the edge guys that they have, led by Bud Dupree. So now you can contain the middle of the line of scrimmage. You can also contain the edge. Okay, Lamar Jackson gets to the edge faster than anybody else. The Steelers also have perhaps the best rover in the league if Jamal Adams isn't playing in make a Fitzpatrick. And so now you can spy, essentially, Lamar Jackson. So Lamar, Lamar can press the edge on the line, on the edge, and then outside the edge, and that you have elite players to get there. I'm not saying anybody's going to catch him or even shut him down, but they can slow him down. When you slow him down and you put them into third and longs, now all of a sudden their offense looks mediocre at best and sometimes bad. Well, I mean, any offense that you press into third and long it's is true. not going to go well. But here, the, the flip side of that coin seems also to me to be true. Like the Baltimore Ravens defense is going to be a problem for Pittsburgh. I mean, these are these are two really good these are two elite defenses and two outstanding offenses. I actually think the Steelers' offense ultimately is probably the better offense of the two. I just got a feeling, man. I like the, I like the Ravens. Let's do area I mean, it's, teams. It's not a terrible pick. I mean, the Ravens are lights out, so I, I, it's 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 a, it's definitely a fine pick. Two quick area teams here. The Chargers are at the Denver Broncos. Denver coming off a win at New England, but then off of a, a I mean, just a butt-kicking against Kansas City a week ago. The Chargers, open as a one-point favorite, are now a three-point favorite in the Mile High City. Uh, I kind of like Denver to bounce back a little bit. The Chargers got their first win uh, with uh, uh, Justin Herbert as their starter last week, and yet the Chargers tend to play games let's go like this. They play close games, which means they play up the teams that are better and down the teams that are worse. And I think that they, I think the Chargers are a better team than Denver is right now. But I don't think it's as clear as everybody wants to make it. I think that Denver is uh, is improving mostly because they're starting to get a little bit healthy anyway. I don't know. I I I I, I like the Chargers probably to win this game, but I think it's going to be a close game. So I like the Broncos. I think this will be a fun game to watch. I can't see clearly with the Broncos, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's it is I, it is hard. They're they're. We're trying to figure out well, who are you going to be. Here's what are you thing. really? Uh, Here's the reason I can't see clearly on them. Everybody right now knows that they're not that great because they're hurt. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were good before they were got hurt. So now that they're hurt, I think they're not good. Yeah, but they're less hurt than they were. I mean, they got their I quarterback back. But, they got your. But that Judy doesn't back. make me think that they're good. Well, sure. I mean, if you thought they were bad before, you're going to think they're bad now. And they 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 aren't they aren't good. I mean, they're not a good football team. But I'm just not – I think maybe the team I don't see clearly on is, is Los Angeles here. I'm just not sure I know what the Chargers really are. So, yeah, the Chargers should be better. The Chargers are one of the the more underwhelming teams that have real talent in the league, in my opinion. San Francisco, Seattle. These were unbelievable – not unbelievable. These were unequivocally the two best regular season games of the year last year yeah. were Seattle, San Francisco both times. I mean, if you could get even half of what you got out of those games last year. And by the way, Seattle's just coming off the game of the year this year. You could hate on Pete Carroll and the philosophy and everything. It delivers entertainment, my man. Yeah, can you win it in the first quarter? No. Can you win it in the second quarter? And on and on and on. Oh, just let the magic roll. The Seahawks open as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now two-and-a-half-point favorites. I love the Seahawks. You know that. I'm rooting for the Seahawks. You know that. 
I think San Francisco is going to win this football game, man. I, I think that Seattle is uh, has been sort of reeled in week to week in 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 the continued exposure of their glaring weakness, which is pass rush, but also just in general defensively. I don't know Jamal Adams' status for this game. That will be significant, uh, but also. More than all that with Seattle, I've seen San Francisco all of a sudden get back on the horse. I mean, San Francisco was, you know, obviously the NFC representative in the Super Bowl last year, and before they got completely decimated, were, you know, everybody was on them to be, you know, a great, great team, and myself included, and I think you're starting to see that as they've gotten some guys back, but also started to figure out how they're going to refine their identity. And uh, I think this could be – I think the making of a great, great football game again here. But I think that – I mean, San Francisco is a more complete team. The one area where it's just so far out in front in favor of the Seattle Seahawks is at quarterback. And that obviously is critical and could be the very – it could be the difference. Certainly could be the difference. But uh, in general, I, I think that the San Francisco 49ers um, – they need this, and uh, I, I, they're playing really well. I mean, they're, they dominated the last couple of weeks. Jamal Adams did not practice that he was supposed to, but he did not. And so uh, that lingering, growing You still, don't practice, you don't play. That's yeah. what it is in Seattle. I mean, yeah. you could possibly go tomorrow, but we'll talk to Mike Dugar, 12 for the 12s tomorrow, and we'll find out uh, about Jamal Adams' status. But it's a bummer, man. They bring him in, he's absolutely lights out, and then one weird tweak just to just – stepped wrong you know what i mean and all of a sudden the groin uh, bummer it's just, it's just the way that the niners block because the defense it, it's so predicated on the niners are going to isolate and or double team your best second level defender even if that guy might be the safety that's crept into the box if Jamal Adams is out there, now you have two elite guys pursuing the ball carrier Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. Now you can use Kittle and Juchcheck one each rather than two on one. And then all of a sudden you can slow down San Francisco's run game. Without Jamal Adams, I think they just have a hard time stopping the run. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. College football is rolling, but not so much in the Big Ten, at least for two teams. We'll get into that and also the matchup of the weekend is in the Big Ten for two teams that are, in fact, playing. Coulter, you're gonna, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You're going to make a choice next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How D at Gus Tutel, 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. What's, uh, what? I don't know. You want to have a beard growing contest? No. Mm. First of all, I would lose to you. Really? Yeah. Why? You have such a 
epic mustache. Yeah, it. Uh, what happens is everything looks good, and then I wake up one day, and all of a sudden, it all I look like I've been struck by lightning. Right. Then you gotta just fight through. No. Realize you're ugly anyway. So let her ride. Well, that that is false. <laughs> uh, James Franklin, your boy. Sometimes. That's what I want to know. Okay. Penn State has. Um, Penn State was in a place, you know, whatever, eight years ago, that was the um, probably the worst um, PR isn't even the right way to say it. I mean, it's too indelicate, but it, it, it was the 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 worst. It was it was the biggest pariah in sports by by miles and miles more than I'd ever seen ever anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I have no sympathy to this day for anything Penn State I don't hold any of the it's not about the players that are there of course or anything like that it's just like it's not I'm uh, I'm good that said uh James Franklin came in after your other boy Bill O'Brien uh god and not my boy and infused you know with a ton of energy and excitement you know he was at Vanderbilt and got Vanderbilt to the best they have been at a you know routinely bottom dwelling program obviously in the SEC and so forth and he goes to Penn State and he's been at Penn State you know now what five six seven years right I mean I don't don't know exactly how long he's been there but quite a while and he has gotten this program uh, I think emotionally stabilized I would say which to me is one of the biggest undertakings I've ever seen, and I would say he's done better than a commendable job at pulling that off. I mean, I think that he really has um, breathed some life into a program that was, that was dead, man. I mean, truly speaking. And so I, uh, you know, I tip my cap to him in that. Penn State, though, is a school a following and a football, you know, life that is that is every bit as passionate and dedicated and I think financially uh, provided for as any place that you want to name. And they have been a top five program at times during like the regular season. They've been they up there. Yeah, But they have never... They finished in the top 10 three out of the last four seasons. But they have never not lost the games they had to win in order to actually arrive. And at some point, how many coaches have we seen that were great coaches that were done in by being unable, not even to win the big one, but to to get past the teams that you got to win? By the way, I mean, John Harbaugh, right? How long, Or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. Yep. How, how long is he going to be? I mean, he's at Michigan seven, eight years now. Never has beat Ohio State. And Ohio State is just better than everybody else. So Ohio State playing Penn State to, on Saturday. I don't necessarily expect Penn State, obviously, to, to win that game. But those are the games that you have to win. Like, you have to be a peer with the best, if you're not the best, at least, at Penn State, at Michigan, in order to uh, 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 be be viable in the eyes of the fan base and the, and the, and, and the area and the support of, of that school, and I'm wondering if James Franklin, especially obviously easy to say, coming off a loss to Indiana, is sitting there 
maybe shortening up a little bit of rope in terms of how much he's got to keep rolling out there with at Penn State? It's a fascinating question to me because you got my wheels all the way spinning now. When you think of how the programs that are these juggernauts, both in terms of on-field production, the talent that goes to the NFL, and the revenue that they produce, how did they become what they are? And it used to be so organic. It used to be about great football coaches mentoring young men and winning. And then that sparked the reality that is boosters, fundraising, TV contracts. But there was a very wholesome... I'm not trying to say that Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler are by any means wholesome in their attitudes or their way that they interact with players. But there is a very wholesome nature to what it was about. Mm -hmm. It was about the cultivation of young men. It was about teaching young men to persevere through obstacles and become winners. It was about representing for your school. Those are great things. Now, to me, it's about so many other things, too. And I think that what it used to be about are in the mix of what's important, but not the things that are the most paramount importance. It's about slick jerseys and graphics and marketing and all these other things now, too. In that element, James Franklin is better than Penn State's ever going to get because he's he's helped them distance themselves from what was a horrific, you can't even call it a scandal. It was a nightmare. It's the only thing in sports history that's ever made me cry. I couldn't even believe. I tell you how heartbroken I was because I loved Joe Paterno growing mm-hmm. up. What I wanted to believe Penn State was all about, mm-hmm. what I wanted to believe their defense was all about, what I wanted to believe Jerry Sandusky was teaching his players. I mean, it's talk about like, got the sheet pulled over your eyes. It's the worst thing that ever happened. It was unbelievable. And I truly believe that the whole scandal ended up killing Joe Paterno. But that's to say, if, that scandal never would have happened though. And you just, Joe Paterno just rides off in the sunset or he retires or dies or whatever happens. Penn state would have never really gone outside the mold. They never, never would have hired the slick talking dude who's doing Nike commercials and making sweet graphics and recruiting on a national. It's it's never what happened. Mm -hmm. And if that would have happened, then Penn state would be completely eroded and they would be, I'm trying to think of another program that they'd be like in Texas's boat Mm. where they can't, even though they're Texas, even though they're Penn State, they wouldn't be able to catch up. So on that element, I think James Franklin's done a tremendous job. But this gets me to the point now that I'm always ranting and raving about at the FBS level. There's all these great little inside stories of guys that can b- start building programs that become the hot program in the country, but then they always hit this glass ceiling. Yeah. Because why? Because I truly think that it doesn't matter. Michigan hired freaking Jim Harbaugh. They can't break through the glass ceiling as Ohio State. Why? Because nobody can. You're not breaking through the glass ceiling that is the top four in the SEC and Ohio State and Clemson. That's it. And that's why I think that the whole thing's silly because I think that there's only one or two programs. That I, I, I would say if you take, take away the SEC and take away these Big Ten powers that I'm talking about, the only programs in the United States of America that have the ability to get to that level because it's all about money are Oklahoma, Texas, and Oregon. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't, so I don't that, agree with that. So, but that's what I mean, I'm saying. LSU just won the national championship. I just said take away the SEC. Oh well, okay. So you know, okay. So we're, no, no, we no. got 14 to, teams. To, to, no, no. To to me, to me, it's not the SEC. It's not the whole SEC though. <clears throat> the only teams that could ever come close to touching Alabama, 
in the SEC are LSU, Georgia, Florida, mm-hmm. Auburn. That's it. Well, that's, South, a, that's half. Okay, but you're talking about half of one conference and then one team from the Big Ten, one team from the Big 12, unless Texas somehow figures it out, and on a whim, maybe one team from the West. That's it. It's silly to me. The, 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 I guess what I'm saying is it has nothing to do with James Franklin. Penn State will never catch Ohio State unless Ohio State has a scandal because no one in the Big Ten will ever catch Ohio State. Watch Michigan fire Jim Harbaugh sooner than later because he can't beat Ohio State. And then watch them never even come nearly as close as they've come. Michigan's won 10 games four out of the last five years. You get rid of Jim Harbaugh, good luck. Get what you asked for. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you, Jim Harbaugh is an abrasive person, whatever. Who's, who are you hiring that's better than Jim Harbaugh? So, at, so, at some point, you got to realize it's not the coach. It's the level of resources that you need to invest. Uh, do you uh, think then, with that, that James Franklin is still the right guy at Penn State? I do. I tend to agree. I, I do because James Franklin, they're recruiting at a higher level than they've ever recruited at. They've always been great. Mm-hmm. But now they're getting national-level recruits. I mean, you're talking about they're going to have – two of the top 20 draft picks in this next year's draft. Unfortunately, both those guys opted out um, of this season. But you know, you're, you're talking about you know, Micah Parsons is going to be the top edge guy taken. He's going to be a top five guy. The tight end, I mean, he's they call him Baby Gronk. He's going to be a starter in the NFL right away. So when you can, I, I guess it's funny to say how much better could you do at Penn State because, I mean, the whiteout, Happy Valley, one of the, five best atmospheres in all college football, the tradition, all that stuff. The fact of the matter is that Penn State has always been good, but they've never been this good for this long a time since it was the early 1980s. I generally uh, agree with you, but I will add this just by way of going the other side of this a little bit. Sure. I don't think it only can be scanned. I agree with you that the only way Ohio State loses is if Ohio State comes back. It's not going to be, they're not going to be tracked down, so to speak, right. by other teams. But also, Ryan Day was great last year. Yeah. They were a great football team last year. They didn't lose a step. Maybe even they gained a little something. But Ryan Day ain't Urban Meyer. And we have seen a lot of schools have a lot of great coaches leave and continue to have success as the ripple effect and the momentum of the outstanding, obviously, Hall of Fame coach they had before continues to carry it. If you're asking me, and I'm a recruit, you know, recruiting is the thing, Ryan Day or James Franklin from the outside. Now, there's a lot of other things going to it, but just coaching, I'm just saying, I I I go James Franklin where if it was Urban Meyer, I know a lot of kids would pick Urban Meyer over James Franklin. But what did Jeff Choate tell us? The other week on the ESPN Roundtable. Jeff Choate over James Franklin. No, Jeff Choate told us, Montessa head coach, he told us, during my time at Washington, more than half of my conversations were consumed by me telling guys that either were coming to my program or were in my program, how am I going to get them to the NFL? Mm. If that's the number one priority for top prospects in the country, then when you sit down and you're recruiting against James Franklin, you say, I'm at Ohio State. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what my name is. If you come to Ohio State, you're getting drafted in the top 100 of the NFL if you break into the starting lineup. Ohio State is the, the factory besides Alabama in the country right now. You're it's right. Just, it's just going to be, to me, it's just going to be, it's going to be nearly impossible unless there's a scandal for anybody to catch Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State with the way that they're investing in football and the way that they're rolling right now financially. We will finish this up on the other side next. 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Tell Nuanas, one of tonight ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, listen on the podcast. It's available anytime, anywhere. Rate, review, subscribe. Podcast is there thanks to Blackfoot Communications. You're so pessimistic about the number of teams that can win. Like that's a problem. It's not a problem. It's not the number that can win. It's that the fact that I don't think that the 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 teams that make up that number are ever going to change. They will. They How? have. But they haven't. Not, here's, the, here's my argument, though. They have not, since the infiltration of TV money, since the leagues launched their own networks back in 2013, the usual suspects have been the exact same. The, the elite teams being there at the end is not what is surprising. It's the number of other teams that have also been there including a first-time national champion since that time in LSU. And LSU is and should be an elite program. Uh, what do you mean the first-time national champion? LSU's won three national titles in the last 15 years. I said since 2013. Okay. Since the infusion of TV money. LSU is such a bad example of what I'm trying to They're say. They're not one of the teams you named. All I'm saying Listen to me though. is if you go Listen. around and pick out the teams, okay, tell there's me, a bunch of them. Tell me this. Virginia Tech played for a national championship within the last 20 years. Virginia Tech, in my opinion, will never make the college football playoff. That's asinine. It's asinine. Do you know how long never is? It's all the way down till the end, Coulter. The length of the sun. Okay, I guess the I guess the point that I'm trying to make is schools like Miami, Virginia Tech, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Washington, UCLA, USC. I think that they are so far outside looking in, You're and I don't mind. know how that gap. Tricks. Who's got the best quarterback in the country? Clemson. Wisconsin. No, Clemson. Market. <laughs> Graham Mertz. He's, well, he's out for the foreseeable future now. 21 days. Well, 19 now. Mm-hmm. But it's okay because Wisconsin doesn't even have a game this weekend. That's the other thing. All this, it's all, it's not for nothing, but it's, you know, it doesn't count. You know? Just re reload and do it again next year. Just like this show, except instead of waiting. 364 days, which might be nice. We will wait 22 hours and come back at you again. 
Those girls have a wonderful, safe, lovely Thursday evening. We will be back with you and round out the week on a Friday. It's Two Tell Nuanas, CSPN Radio. Hi there. It's it's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.